W.D. Clark is a Vietnam veteran who served with the Army's 101st Airborne Division, flying as a crew member on a Chinook helicopter. He was restless when he returned home in 1970 and bounced from job to job, only working long enough to finance his trips out west. He fell in love with the Old West and California's gold country early on, forming some lasting friendships along the way. Eventually, he went back to school and earned a liberal arts degree, he started flying again and obtained a private pilot's license. Missing the camaraderie of the old helicopter unit, he joined the Army National Guard, retiring after 20 years' service with the 142nd Aviation Battalion. He is also retired from the New York State Division of Military and Naval Affairs, where he was a videographer for the New York State Military Museum's Veteran Oral History Program. He and his wife Linda spend their time between homes in Saratoga Springs, New York, in New Brunswick, Canada. Clark was the featured poet at the third Thursday Poetry Night at the Social Justice Center on April 19th, 2018. Thanks, Tom. It's always nice to be here. Uh, the first one I'd like to do is, um, oh, also I might add that uh, my poems are basically mini stories set to rhyme. Uh, they're based on a number of different things, personal observations of different people, my own personal experiences. Uh, I spent some time out in California in my younger years in uh, California mining uh, region, and some of the poems pertain to that. But I'd like to start out with one called uh, The Two-Holer. The two and uh, obviously, you'll uh, soon uh, understand what it's about. I've often been a traveler, and I've done my share of bumming. I prefer a place that's clean where I eat, and I'm partial to indoor plumbing. I've often, I've never had the best of things, and I'm certainly no high roller, but I'll be danged if I can figure why an outhouse would be a two-holer. It has been my experience when your stomach plays fast and loose, you need a place of privacy while parking your caboose. A one-holer is just fine enough, and it certainly fits the bill, and it's a place where a man can relax and think and wait for it come what will. Now imagine relaxing deep in thought, all alone in a dang two-holer, when along comes some conversationalist type wanting a debate on nuclear versus solar. And if that ain't quite bad enough, he proceeds to unpack his lunch and offers you a hunk of it as he proceeds to loudly munch. Well, I wouldn't quite say I'm the unfriendly type that's prone to indignation, and I've never enjoyed listening to the grunts and groans of a man with constipation. But this I'll state with clarity as it's been my observation. An outhouse ain't for breaking bread or holding conversation. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, the next one, as I mentioned, I spent some time in uh, California in the mining uh, uh, region of, of uh, Sierra County. This one's called uh, California's Goldfields. And most of my poems are fairly short. I've tramped along her rivers where men have tramped before. They strip her of her riches bare, but still they yearn for more. With plumes and pipes and hoses, they washed her hills away. The ruts and ruins they left behind, it still exists today. Her creeks and streams, like coursing veins, ran brown with muddy silt. 
They picked her clean of all she had without an ounce of guilt. But do not fret, she's plenty left still hidden in her folds. For those who lust for yellow dust, her bosom's lined with gold. Thanks. <clears throat> uh, this next poem might be considered uh, an anti-war poem. And uh, I kind of shudder to think sometimes about uh, all of these last letters that uh, have been written in time of war. And this is called For His Mum. They found the letter in his pack the day after he died. And if they shed a tear when read, I am sure it be denied. His words did give them pause to think if they should end up dead. So herein lies the gist of it, and to his mum he said, Dear mum, I never told you how much you mean to me. The sacrifices that you made, I've been too blind to see. The meals that you prepared for me, I never did say thanks. The times when I was sick in bed, you're pacing on floor <clears throat> planks. The things that you had went without to supply my endless needs, and now I feel so ashamed for all my thoughtless deeds. The times that you stayed up all night when I did not come home, so often I ne neglected you and left you all alone. The times I fell and hurt myself, you held me oh so tight. For all the times I wasn't there, I want to make things right. The times I went and broke your heart and often made you weep, I promise to be a better son. It's a promise I will keep. I remember how you kissed my cheek when you tucked me in my bed. There are so many things, you know, I truly wish I said. But now I guess I have to go, the darkness I can't delay. I hope that I can make it home for your special day in May. In closing, Mom, I miss you. What the future holds, we'll see. But I truly must, <clears throat> I truly now would like to say you mean so much to me. That letter was so nicely done, though the dampness made it run. It'd be the last he'd ever write. It was signed, Your Loving Son. Now, the next one, okay. Next one is, uh, it's kind of a macabre tale of a pipe smoker's final bequeath. And it's called his favorite pipe. Pass to me my favorite pipe, a last one final smoke. It calms my nerves and brings me peace. Oh Lord, I crave a toke. I love that pipe, it's worn and bent with a golden brown patina. With warmth and taste, she's been my gal. I call her Nicotina. Pass to me my favorite pipe. I smoked her through the war. The stem I bit damn near in two when scared right to the core. I've smoked that pipe now since my youth. My cough's from emphysema. Each day I wait until my turn in death's cold dark arena. Pass to me my favorite pipe. I'll caress her like a wife. I'll draw her breath into my lungs with fulfillment deep and rife. She satisfies a craving with an aroma oh so right. She's always been there for me, be it daytime or at night. Pass to me my favorite pipe. Before my dying breath, I'll take a final taste with me and I'll hold it till my death. Before I do depart this world, before my life is through, it is my last and final wish to pass my pipe to you. Oops. 
Okay, the next one. Oh, okay. This one here is about uh, a hen I received from a friend of mine up in Canada that uh, passed away several years ago now. Uh, his name was Jim, and it's titled Jim's Fur Hat. I acquired my old chum Jim's fur hat soon after he had died. It was a hat he dearly loved, worn with the utmost pride. Of muskrat skin and soft brown fur, oh, to the eye most pleasing. It never would be worn, of course, when it was hunting season. His hat was part of who he was, like fishpole, gun, and knife. In fact, it had been given to him by his most favorite wife. I fear I'd better clear this up before the provincials come a-swarming. His early wives had come and went, and Jim was far from Mormon. Old Jim did tramp the streams and lakes, the hills, the rocks, and ledges, just like the Canadian woods he loved, still rough about the edges. Through snow and ice and wind and rain, his head stayed dry and warm. With fur hat perched just like a crown, he cut a royal form. With a jaunty air and swagger and gait, from a distance he looked mounty. I'm proud to say that as far as I know, on his head there was never a bounty. Jim lived his life way past the brim, too full of life to measure. You bet upon the coldest nights, his fur hat I will treasure. Thanks. Okay. The third Thursday Poetry Night series, hosted by Dan Wilcox, continues this Thursday night at the Social Justice Center. This month's featured poet is award-winning and internationally published author and veteran Suzanne S. Rancourt. For Hudson Mohawk Magazine, I'm Tom Francis.